Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right. Welcome, everyone. We've got a very special podcast. One of my dear, dear friends. He's been on before. We're here again. We got the man, the myth, magician, a.k.a. Antonio Espandiari. Antonio, what's going on? How are you? Hello, PBF. It's an honor to be back on your show. There are many things that I've wanted to accomplish in my life, and I can now check this one off again. One was Howard Stern. And two was this show twice. This show so twice. I, I feel like I finally have reached that plateau, and I'm very excited about it. It's a big day for us, for me, for the family, yeah. really, for the brand, for, for everything. It is big. I will say you're not the first two-time guest, but you might be the first three times. So let's see how today goes. See how, how everyone uh, responds, and we'll see. How see many other two-time guests do you have? Have you had Rast, King Rast? We had a Rob Young. The King, um, obviously. Rob. Yeah. So um, uh, Jungle Man. Jungle Man the was jungle. on. Jungle. How's the jungle, jungle doing these days? Is he still in hot water or is he out of hot water? Semi hot seat. He was on before the controversy, so oh he's he is not trending for a third the the first third time repeat, but he could be back. <laughs> I love jungle. Jungle. He came yeah, to my birthday one year many years ago, and it was like he's the he's just so in his own world. He's, a, he's, he's special. He is special. Um, all right. Well, we've, we've covered on the first podcast. We did a lot. I don't want to repeat too much, but I do want to give a little background. Uh, we had you, you were a guest cameo. Actually, technically third time appearance. You were on um, with Malika the other day, who's from Iran, also a, me, a magician, poker player, uh, has uh, some similarity there. We had fun. Uh, tell us a little about your background and where you came from. You, I believe you moved to from Iran when you were nine years old. Is that right? Uh, yes, I believe I was eight or nine. Um, I grew. I, I was born in Iran. My father uh, eventually was able to move us to America. You know, it took a lot of work. It's not easy to move from Iran to America, especially back then, um, and especially today, obviously. But somehow he managed to pull it off, and we came to America with uh, hopes of a better life. And I think it worked out okay. I, I say I'm very happy. I'm very happy that he made the move and he made all the sacrifices that he did for us. It takes a lot to give up everything, all your friends, all your money to go and start a brand new life just for your kids. Well, I have so much love for love for your dad, bro, Bijan, and I will say, I obviously he had a little more. He was a he's a little more of a go getter then, because now he plays one too, pretty snug. He's he's not going to bluff too much, but he made some power moves and for sure to pick up move like you're mentioning, pretty pretty unbelievable for him yeah. to have that foresight and do that. He's the only um, person I know that plays more snug than you, PBF. I teed it up. I didn't think you'd take it. I didn't think you'd do it. <laughs> I actually loosened the clip a little Jab bit. You've been, out of the, you've been out of the you've been out of the streets for a while. I, I, I we'll have to battle again soon. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you though, what was it like? Do you remember? Because uh, in Iran at that time, like it's a beautiful country, I'm told. But what do you remember before you left? Like what, up till you were nine? Did you was well, it? I, I, don't, you, I don't have the best of memories to be honest. And I don't want to sit here and you know cram me a river. But uh, you know, my parents didn't get along, so that wasn't fun as a, as a young child. We were at war with Iraq. And so, you know, you have to imagine you're a young kid and there's bombs going off down the street and you're going to go in the basement and hope that the bomb doesn't hit your house. And then the next day you wake up and sometimes there's a building, uh, you know, two blocks away that got completely uh, obliterated. So 
not the best memories, to be honest. I was pretty happy when we came here, but it was also tough coming here because I didn't have any friends. Uh, I didn't speak English. So, you know, imagine my first day in school, third grade. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know how to, I, I knew how to say hello and that's it. But, you know, you just kind of get through it and you learn, you grow up, start life, meet PBS, and then it's all a pillow. A lot of good things have happened. We've had we've had some good years. I definitely want to cover some of the, the travel adventure. Now we got we got kids and families, and there's a little less travel in, in time. And obviously, COVID's uh, crazy. How real quick? How has COVID in your specific area? How has it impacted you in the last four months uh, in terms of lifestyle um, changes? Anything? Any habits or any stuff you've really gotten to focus on or do more of that you weren't like any just overall COVID? Well, how's it been for you? I would say that I had a I I was really fortunate in that I got a lot of time with my kids. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, I was in the spot where it was twenty four seven, basically every day, which was amazing. Um, and you know, we're pretty close to the to the ocean, uh, and so we we just go on bike rides, we hang out in the water, and we you know we we really make the best of it. And it's been incredible. I just love the time with them. Uh, you know, they haven't really been playing much poker. Uh, just been hanging out with my kids, and it's been awesome. I'm kind of like the stay home dad. Yeah. yeah, I would say it's, it's, uh, I mean, the past few years you haven't been traveling quite as much for tournaments and whatnot, but, but definitely it does park you and get more, more time. How's it, how is it in terms of, um, in the area? Is it, is it people wearing masks? Is it restaurants open or what's the actual restaurant? Outdoor, uh, seating is open, but inside restaurants are closed. Um, there's people out and about, uh, all over the place, but everybody's wearing masks and everybody's a bit on the edge. You know, I went to the uh, seafood market the other day and I was peeking in to see how big the line inside was. And everybody has their little six feet marker where you're supposed to stand, which I totally get and I respect. And I had my mask on, but I like stepped maybe a foot and a half in the direction of someone else to peek in. I didn't even realize they were there. And she was like, excuse me, you know, kind of like stay in your lane. I'm like, "Ooh." All right, take it easy. You know, I'm wearing my mask. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. People are a little bit on edge. PBS, you know, it is, it's it's tricky. It's sort of politics, Democrat, Republican. It's like you're either really, I feel you're strongly with the mask and the whole deal, or you kind of think it's like a little over the top. So it's kind of a weird spot because people really have strong beliefs on on either side. Generally, um, I, I just, can I just give my two cents? I believe that both sides are blowing this way out of proportion. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I don't want to get COVID, but I wouldn't be worried for myself. I would be worried to get it and give it to my father or someone who is at more risk. Right. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of the people on the right are just basically saying that there's nothing and we shouldn't be worried about it. And this whole thing is completely blown out of proportion, which I do believe it is to a certain extent. But I also do believe there's a real threat there and we should avoid getting COVID if possible. And that we as a society really do need to come together to try and kick this thing in the butt. Yeah, you know, I agree. I'm with you on that. I think it's I think it's somewhere in the middle or somewhere not even in the middle. Just I, I, the extremes are very extreme and it's confusing because you get a lot of information. You know, you're in it, you don't watch cable news and you'll be OK. 
yeah well good so we're yeah i'm safe we're, we're all set but i i definitely it's interesting to hear you say how that uh impacts you and kind of i think differently for people that kind of travel or very very busy maybe that are on the road a lot or doing other things it does it's, it's almost nice to have that refresher to get be with family and, and just stay there and get focused any new habits any new thing you've picked up you speak any new languages uh you playing violin like what, what any new hobbies or just kids no i mean you know you're joseph is how old now 15 months 15 months so he's on the brink of giving you a return on your investment right so <laughs> the first two years are cool but they're not like you don't know how good it gets after two basically is when the light bulbs really turn on and right. so my kids are in that prime just dad is hero want to play every game imaginable I, I can do no wrong and they're up for anything. And so, you know, the last few months, it really isn't about me. It's about waking up. I take them almost every morning for breakfast. We go to the beach. We go run around the grass two, two and a half hours every morning, just them two and me. And it's it's been so incredible. Yeah, so no, I don't really have any new hobbies, um, but a lot of new games with them. Very nice. And he, what, what's the what's that age group now? What's like the go to game? Trouble, go fish, Monopoly. What are what are kids playing right now at this age these days? You know, I'm I'm more of an outdoors adventure guy, and mom is more of like things in the house. I like to just go take the frisbee, take the football, and just go run around and you know take their little scooters and do all sorts of things outside. Um, in the house, wifey's much better than I am for sure. Makes makes a lot of sense. Very very nice. So let's let's dive back a bit into the poker uh, and, and talk about your career. Now you play a lot less. Is it safe to say? Are you pretty much out of tournaments? I mean, we saw the duel. I got to bring it up. Helmuth and you are you know, two of the the pillars of poker. I'd say you're one of the you know four or five guys you could put in that that pillar. I would say historically you've gotten the the way better of Helmuth just in terms of interactions, big spots, TV televised, like definitely a needle in his side um, for the most part. So, you know, the, there was a duel. We saw it. I caught part of it. I actually put a little wager on you. I got to shout out State Kings um, because we both are involved with the company. And uh, I think you actually have some more on here right now because there's a rematch. Is that right? It looks like uh, I, I am going to actually – I'm going to fire on you because I got to, I got to, I, I got I, I to say, sorry, I love Phil, but I bet on you. It's I'm going to make, one. yeah, I'm going to make, uh, look, it's heads my- up. I, by the end, you know, I did make two mistakes, uh, in the match, two big ones. One is I laid down trips, but it's one of those spots where I'm literally only beating a bluff and Phil, I hate to say it is pretty nitty. Um, so I just gave him more credit than I should have. And then, there was a hand where I should have called them with ace high and I didn't cause I was running out of time banks and I just lost. I, I actually didn't think he could play a hand so bad where he just checked called with a seven high flush draw twice and then just let on the river into me. I'm like, he can't actually play this bad. And my time was running out and I was, and I just mucked the ace high where I would normally almost always call in that spot. Yeah. And so, and then in the end, I mean, it just really came down to a flip. You know, but I accept responsibility for my defeat. There's no way that I should have lost, but I did. Well, I just tried to bet on you, but it says I'm negative 4K. That's because I just hit a bink on State Kings and uh, they uh, people had a piece. So I actually, oh, so I can't bet on you at the moment. I'm going to bet on you. Um, we're in the. They cap your credit at 4K? 
No, I, I mean, I, listen, I can call it in. I'm just saying in, in okay, the cash right, right now, I, I technically owe money. I, think, I would give you more credit, PBF, you know? Yeah, I, I think you I think you might give a couple more than that. I'm going to send a text as we speak. I got to get it while we're live in the show. Um, I, I, I got to say about competitiveness of it. Did it. Was that the duel, though? Was it? It looked cool. I mean, from a poker production it awesome. It looked it nice. Was, the banter back and forth uh, was, was awesome. There was a time when Phil tried to call me high maintenance, and we had this whole – verbal battle basically because he's pretty high maintenance himself um and it was fun it was it was it was just a great it was a great match i i don't want to toot my own horn but i think that they probably picked two of the better guys to get the show off the ground i think that daniel and doug is going to be great to watch as well um but as far as like verbal abuse and banter and whatnot i think that phil and i were pretty no, I, no one's going to argue. I mean, you met, the names you mentioned right there, it's like there's no question over the history of TV. You and Phil definitely do different types and, and forms of engagement. But you get a you get a room talking, you get people chatting, and it's always fun with you guys. So, no, that was uh, that was really well done. Speaking of Daniel and Doug, what, what do you make of this? Did you catch the video before it got pulled down? I, th- I might even uh, – uh, did you see the video Doug made? I mean, it was pretty intense. I did see it. I saw it once. I didn't give it much thought because – I don't really know the drama of poker, right? Um, but I assumed it was some sort of a goof. I hear there's some actual beef between them. I don't know if that's true or not. Is that yeah. the case? I mean, are they, if they happen to be at the same dinner, are they having a, Hey, what's up kind of thing? Or is it like sit on the other side of the table? What's going no, on? They, they genuinely do not like each other. I mean, that, this is almost like I thought a boxing match would be more appropriate, right? That seems to be what people do these days when they want to settle. Or yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't put uh, Daniel in against Doug, Doug is much bigger and daniel's a vegan i mean vegans can't get in the ring no offense well yeah and i was was just a straight poke at daniel i always make we always have a back and forth no i respect the guy but i think daniel's just much smaller than doug isn't he yeah now there'd be different it'd be different weight classes it'd be different it would be a different deal but the the heads up is who, who wants to fight someone that's smaller than them that's just not that's not right that is not right unless you take it over to your Instagram and actually uh, one of your latest posts was a re- reliving on that where you ba- you box Mr. Kevin Hart, who's a, a friend of yours. I know you guys battle on the tables at times. And, and then here, um, can you – we're kind of jumping all over the place, but I, we, I know we're on limited time in general and there's a lot to cover. So I do want to – speaking of boxing, what happened here? Can you explain this? We've, we, we, we actually did our podcast just before this and I saw you training. This was at February Necker Island. We did our – we did our uh, – we were running. I we're saw running you. Were, you were dusting me on hills, and I'm, I mean, I played soccer. I feel like I have good cardio, and you were you were in shape. I definitely thought the odds were crazy. The long shot you were. It was a thirty to one, thirty-five to one odds yeah, on a back. to one. We went in February, and so I was two and a half months in my training already, and so my cardio went from literally negative one hundred to, at the time, I was probably like a thirty-five. Um. You know, one of the main reasons why I took the bet is because my cardio has always been really bad. And I know that I'm getting older and for my heart and my arteries and all that, I should be doing cardio, uh, a lot more cardio. So I was one of the one of the extra benefits of taking the bet. But essentially, it started with me. I walked into a room. I had taken this boxing training class that day. I get yeah. to the poker game. Kevin's there and I'm doing like one of these things. And he starts laughing at me and you know, he basically said anytime, anywhere, any amount, I'll give you 35 to one. And I didn't take the bet right away. Cause I didn't think I had a chance in hell and everybody told me not to do it. But a few days went by. I kept thinking about it. 
spoke to the wife and she wasn't on board really either, but I really wanted to get in shape. And I know that in boxing size and reach go a long way. Yeah. I'm not Mr. Athletic, but I got weight on him and I got reach on him. So yeah. with the right training, I can at least go three rounds without getting knocked out. And that was really my, my plan was to get in the ring, not get knocked out. Cause he talked so much crap about how he was going to just knock me out and be able to tell my kids that, look, I did this and I spent seven months of my life and I dedicated it to training. I didn't drink. I was a machine and I just wanted to set a good example for them. I didn't really think I could win, to be honest. The only person in the entire room when the match happened that thought thought that I could win was my trainer, Audley Harrison. Audley, shout out to the man. I love Audley. What a great Ooh, guy. That's he, was, he was an incredible trainer. He found a sparring partner for me who was literally a replica of Kevin size-wise. And he was an Olympic boxer. This guy was such a machine. I couldn't believe how fast he was. I mean, I, I just couldn't do anything. If I ever wanted to land a punch on him, he essentially would have to let me. Um, and I got in the ring and sparred with that guy so many times and got my butt kicked so hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you put in the work and you practice, you're going to get over the fear and you're going to learn. And if I didn't have that sparring practice and I got in the ring to fight, I would have crapped my pants right away. But because of all that experience, because I got hit so many times in the face, in my abs, in my arms, I wasn't scared to get in. But even would, when I, I if you had started that day, if you had boxed Kevin that day when you made the bet, he would have smoked you, though, right? I would have zero percent. Zero. Okay. I, I didn't. I, and just for the record, I didn't learn how to box. I learned how to beat a little guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't do any of the ducking. Right? I didn't take time to learn any of that. I literally learned if you're going to fight someone that's smaller than you, when he comes close and you got to put your weight on him, he's going to struggle to get out and he's going to tire himself out. Keep going around. Keep jabbing him. Don't go for the knockout because you're, you you're not strong enough to knock him out and just tire him out. And that's it. The way Oddly told me the fight was going to go down is exactly how it went down. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, it's working. In the middle, towards the beginning of the round two, I realized, oh my gosh, I might, I could actually win this fight because I saw he was so gassed. And for people that don't box, you have no idea how hard it is to go three minutes, three rounds. I mean, after 45 seconds, you're exhausted. And you have to go the entire time and you really have to learn how to conserve your energy because if you don't, you have no chance. You're just toast. Yeah. And I mean, I think to Kevin, Kevin is, we see him, he's an, he's an athlete sponsored with Nike. He has a great trainer. He's very hard worker, but he's a very busy guy. And, you know, it's very different to throw punches and be in good shape and work out than to, to train. He probably wasn't training for boxing. So, um, yeah, well, you know, first of all, Kevin's a beast. Yeah. I mean, if he trained the same amount as I did, I don't think I'd have a chance in hell. But he's right. filming movies. He, he literally just finished filming Jumanji in Hawaii, flew in, fought me the next morning. He's also a machine. He can drink. He can stay up late. He doesn't care about sleep. I mean, yeah, he just didn't take it very seriously because he didn't think that I would have a chance. Right. And so he keeps saying, let's go again. Let's go again. And I think that if we went another time, you know, if he really wanted to, he could probably get me pretty good. And, you know, I walked away with this intact. So. I kind of don't want to risk it. 
Yeah, he, he uh, exactly. There's not, not a lot to, and he might, he probably wouldn't lay you 35 to one, right? It would be like one to one. You would be surprised. Real interesting. Okay. We, well, we had the discussion, and he, he has made an offer to fight, but the very next day, you know, and he's just a machine overall. I feel like I need to be mentally prepared, train, get myself really ready to go. I feel like off the cuff, he could probably smack me around. And look, we're good buddies. We hang out a decent amount of time. And I love that I get to verbally abuse him, especially in front of his friends. Right. So yeah, that's, that's a tough one to swallow. If, if I get in the ring and lose, now I don't have that anymore. And it's kind of nice to have that over the guy because I'm a skinny Persian and he's a tough guy from Philadelphia. I mean, he's like, a, you know, there's like, who would ever think in a million years that I would beat him? No one. Yeah. You can add that. You, I could have put boxer on your uh, the, the card today. That could have been on there as well because you, you do have that now. You're a magician. Boxer, public boxer. Big difference. Undefeated. Yeah, it's not bad. Undefeated. We had. Uh, that's very strong. It's a good record. Let's keep it that way. Uh, speaking of poker tournaments, you did happen to win the largest ever at the time. It's changed a bit. You were number one in the all-time money list for a decent bit. I remember at Playground Poker when that passed and they unveiled it. And they, you know, at the time that was tough to see. You go one to two, and then from there, you basically have uh, you've thrown in the towel on the on the tournament circuit series. You just haven't been playing as much um, for obvious reasons, family and otherwise, being busy. Uh, tell me a little bit about. Hold on, real quick. Am I fifteenth now? I think you're 15. Let's take a wow, look at that. How fast did that go? That was uh, maybe 14 or 13 or 15 or maybe even longer. You had a uh, for a while 56 million. Yeah, you got nowadays. Oh, there's 20. They're handing out the Triton million, right? It's like you just get back in. You could be right back at the top with a good good three day period. But uh, yeah, the high rollers are kind of crazy these days. Tell me a bit about um, tournament poker. Do you do you, do you enjoy that? Let's just take away kids' time. Would you rather play a high stakes cash game? for it where you could win a couple million or would you rather play a one day I'd rather play cash game all day. I just day. I I think cash games are so much more fun. They're not as serious. You can have some cocktails, you can have a good poke, you can have a, a good time. It's just way more entertaining. And if yeah. you have a bad night, you have a bad night. If you have a great night, great night. But the tournaments I feel like the reward is so pure, but it's so hard to actually achieve it. You know what I mean? So you have to right. try so many times to get that one amazing feeling. In a cash game, it's just less stressful. It's more fun. And you don't have to deal with – you don't really have to play with people you don't want to play with. In a tournament, you don't have a choice. I sit down and there's seven wizards having a stare contest, wait, you know, taking five minutes per hand. I don't have a choice. I'm, I'm forced to be in that situation. And honestly, I just have way better things to do in my life than, than be there. I want to. I want to. They, even, they even run this fish out, you know. That's. I. I get it. They I, run this fish out. Imagine the business people they run out. It's. It's crazy. It's actually crazy. Um, speaking of timing and phases of life, we. We. You know, Bill Perkins, one of our very dear friends, just released "Die With the Zero. What's that? The goat. Yeah, gotta gotta respect Bill. I mean, he's, he's really. Been They've been gone for a month and a half or something. I was going to say it feels backwards. Tony, one of our good friends, your best friend, Bill and him have met. They're friendly as well. But, you know, Bill, Tony's running around on yacht. We're at home with the Over kids. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we're it's different. That's not a kid vacation, though. You know, that's I a little. Zero. What's that? You got to give Perkins credit because he he actually does what he preaches. He really does. I mean, there's no one can call yeah. him. Can't say he's not doing it. He's living it. He is living the the uh, book. Where I know. It's 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 strong. 
It's very strong. Well, I want to talk about pockets, pockets on that. So talking about different phases of your life and how things change, you know, because I remember a few years ago, we were running around. Uh, There's a, a year or two period where we were going to Montreal. We were in Turkey playing some cash. We were in Cyprus for doing trips and then things, things change so quickly. And, you know, hopefully we'll circle back and hit the family vacation circuit. I hope in a few years when, when kids are a little older, but now tell me a bit about, uh, pockets in your life. And and do you have, um, looking back, is there any advice you would give to people? Because you, you've kind of, you've done a lot. You actually started tech partying, as you said later, right? You didn't start like when you were 21, you started, I believe. Twenties, I started partying. So you, so you were kind of late, but would you? Is there any regrets or things that you're thinking now? Because all right, now I have kids. Now this is that. I wish I had done this a little differently. Or do you kind of think you nailed it? Zero. I honestly, I think I nailed it because I got all my partying, all my debauchery, all the things, all the. I mean, a lot of traveling. Sure, there's a gazillion other places I would have loved to have seen, but I think that for your average individual, I, I traveled quite a bit. I got to have some incredible experiences and you know, they, everyone always says that when you get a family and you have kids, you got to hunker down. And it's not so much that I have to hunker down. I mean, if I wanted to go on a trip with my buddies, I could, but the truth of it is I don't really, I don't want to leave my kids. I have more fun hanging out with my kids doing nothing than anything else I could imagine. You know, for instance, this trip that Perkins is on for a month and a half, would I like to go on a yacht and go to all these amazing places in Europe and have the time of my life? Of course I would. But am I just as happy, if not happier, sitting at home with my kids? Yeah, I am. Yeah, and maybe you hit that at the 50, you know, your your 40th was quite a party. Maybe your 50th is uh, that or different parts of your life. It's just different times. I think that's important to understand and accept and realize. We've done, we've done a lot of I knew that when we were, when I was younger in my late twenties, early thirties, and I was partying mostly in Vegas, I was out every single night, four or five nights a week for, I don't know, probably four or five years. I knew that someday that period would come to an end and I wanted to capitalize on it as much as I could and create what Bill Perkins likes to call, likes to call memory dividends because I can't create those anymore. The idea of me going to a nightclub right now is like, oh my gosh, I got to go out stay up past midnight, wake up with a hangover, not take my kids to breakfast. The ripple effect is through the roof. It's not even, it's not even an option for me anymore. If I, if I'm with my kids, the idea of going out, it's like 0%. But if I'm, let's say I'm in some other place and a few friends are going out and I don't have to wake up in the morning. Sure. I would consider maybe going out for some drinks, but even then I, the drinks, they hurt. The hangovers are so bad. Plus I really like working out. Uh, I've been, pretty healthy so any droplet of alcohol is just yeah it's uh it takes you out of the routine for sure i mean bill yeah bill refers to it as tetris which i love that too because it's just like you get blocks and spots and it's time to do stuff and then uh it's not so for sure interesting um very very interesting um what would you say to you to date i know burning man didn't happen this year is this the first year did you have a this don't you have some like 10-year bets that doesn't count if it doesn't happen obviously right or we haven't discussed it but i mean if burning man doesn't happen i'm assuming it just gets extended i i would obviously give the person the same courtesy it's out of my hands if burning man doesn't happen right because it's going to be in a couple of weeks and it's you know the one thing it's the one thing – there's two things that I told the wife when we first started dating that are non-negotiable. Number one was Burning Man. Every year, no matter what, I'm going to Burning Man. Uh, and I made sure that 
timing wise, our second child wasn't going to be born during the week of Burning Man because then I could never go to Burning Man because I could never miss his birthday. Right. So Burning Man is a pretty big part of of who I am because for me, when I go there, it's an opportunity for me to kind of reset. If that makes any sense, it's kind of like a to recalibre and get a fresh outlook, a new start and get back in life. So this year, unfortunately, I'm pretty sad it's not going to happen. But a few of my buddies and I are going to go and have our own little adventure that weekend that Burning Man was going to happen. Won't be quite the same, but it's it's we will have some deep thoughts. That makes sense. It's good to go deep and and and, and recheck, recalibrate. Yes, I agree. Right. Uh, and is that, is that safe to say, Burning Man? Though, would, where, what else would you attri- what what other kind of experiences in your life would you say is that powerful, or is that does that still take the cake as one of the most, if not the most, in terms of um, enjoyable and just release times for you? Is there anything else that you would would put up there? No, as far as fun and therapeutic, uh, I would say that um, that was number one. There are some others, obviously that I don't really want to discuss on a recorded show, but yeah, you've had some, uh, but it's fair. You would recommend it. You would recommend Burning Man and that, and you do bet you actually got me, man. You met your wife there. Yeah, it's true. Jay, I got exactly. That was uh, I got to thank you for a lot. I have to say, I had a a lot of the best experiences I've had. You've, uh, you've, you've definitely pointed, you know, gone the the right way, pointing me in the right direction and and Burning Man, you definitely got spot on. Does everybody know what PBF stands for? I don't know. It says that on your your name tag. Is that I don't know if that's before just for you were, and, uh, and before you were never available, you were always available, and you were a professional best friend. And that's what PBF stands for. Now that you're hitched and I'm hitched, the PBF days are basically over. We're lucky to get you know. How much time do we get? A year. We now. have to do. Uh, we have to do podcast now for a phone call. <laughs> so it's so sad, but it's so. It just is the way it is. That's the way life works. How do you find? First of all, that's not true because we. This is a pocket. This is a window. Once I'm telling you, you live in Miami, you're married with a kid. I live far away, also married with two kids. So our opportunity to hang out is just not as much or as frequent yeah, we, have mutual, we, still have, we share a condo in vegas i'm in i mean i go to LA. Last time i saw you at the condo it's it's covid is a tricky thing hey, you know? it's, it's been a while but yeah fair enough fair enough um yeah so anyway burning man's great we recommend it antonio endorses it i endorse it you guys should check it out in the next one hopefully it's next year who knows what's going on with that i want to say about pockets phil lock the great phil lock i got the show i bet you here and there it is he actually gets the they they announce him first that they give phil the, the nod on the it's lead I mean, there you go. So that makes fun. Get announced first. I know. I'm just reading out loud. I get it. Don't no, fair. I, I, it's fine. I don't even know if that matters. I was it a sidekick. Is, I mean, I'm not afraid to. Well, there's different sidekick periods of your life. Your PBF sidekick on today, and then you were you were locked. Someday you'll get the lead. Uh, what? Tell me about this show. How fun was this? Was it as fun as it as it looked? Was this like legitimately at the time when you when you did this? Was it was it like wow, like this is a cool idea, whatever? When you were doing it, did it feel like this had? Because there was a third season never released. Is that right? Never aired. Yeah, it's sitting on some shelf somewhere. I wish somebody would buy it and release it. Um, but, uh, how, how much like was this? I mean, in terms of this, though, did you think that this was 
was this like in your mind when you were making it? Did you think this was going to be something long term? Was it just for fun? Did you what was like the overall result of this? Did you did they pay you guys per show? Like what was yeah, the of deal? They with paid us. Nobody works for free PBF. I don't Nobody know what happened. I, I assume so. That's what I'm asking. What was going on? Tell me well, a little bit. We got paid and uh, our director was Tom Hinkle. And we had a blast. I mean, what did two degenerate buddies want to do besides walk around and gamble on everything and get paid to do it and be on TV? I mean, it was, it was awesome. It was super fun. We never actually thought it was going to happen, but somehow some guy made it happen and put it on TV. And I, I got, I just remember one that stands out for me in terms of um, the, the sperm count uh, bet, which was pretty, pretty fascinating, creative to come up with. And Phil, I think had some of the most in the world potent or some kind of something. 468 million per load, if I remember correctly. Which is, I hate to say, it hurts so much that Phil doesn't currently have a, a child because he's the, you know, the greatest. Like to, to, to not have a mini lock seems like a, a waste, but I, I, that's the wrong word. But who knows? Phil, Phil would, nothing would surprise me. Phil could still one day, something could happen. But, well, either, like Phil, just, but his days of, they're, they're so happy in their little bubble that I just don't see a kid in their future. Which, look, if you're happy, you're happy. No, you know? for sure. Phil and JT I, I are. Wish Phil had a kid, but. Yeah. Was, we'll, you know, what can we do? We can't. There's nothing. Yeah, we can, so I don't know, man. Phil, he's one of those guys. I don't think he's got a range. I don't think you can peg him into a, a time period. I think he could, him and JT could really, they could surprise us. They could have frozen things. They could do stuff. Anyway, what's your favorite I Bet You episode? What was the favorite one you enjoyed to do? Most fun, most value, or uh, most exciting? I think my favorite single moment was when we were panhandling in Venice Beach. And it was who could get more money in i believe we had 10 or 15 minutes acting as a you know a homeless person basically right and we had this little quadrant that we couldn't step out of we had to be in the same space we couldn't run after people it was kind of like as people were walking by right and i'll never forget phil is asking this guy for money this guy reaches out of his pocket grabs some change has the change in his hand but he's now walked past the area in which Phil can cross. Mm-hmm. So he's about to give Phil money, but Phil won't step to the guy because that money won't count if he crosses the line. And the guy is very confused because he's giving Phil money, but Phil doesn't want to make take the extra two steps that he needs. He wants the guy to go back. Right. And I just started laughing so hard because this guy's giving Phil money, but Phil doesn't can't go collect it. And eventually he like convinces the guy to come back and give him the money. It was so comical. You had to be there. Who and won? Then it, who, who won the I bet? actually won that one. I, had to, I would have assumed that. It's sort yeah. of the, the magician and you've got to be able to, to, to just come out and handle that. Yeah. Um, and then there's one other one which never got aired in season three. We did, um, we did like a, a wrestling one. And in wrestling, I was taught that day, you're allowed to kind of slap your opponent a little bit. And we were doing this little wrestle thing, and I just went, bam, and I smacked him one. <laughs> it never aired. <laughs> he was so pissed. I wanted to see it so bad, but it never aired. Man, that's uh, man, good times. That's that is fun. I actually, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back. I think those are on YouTube, maybe, or there's somewhere you can, you can definitely still see yeah, that. What what's your what's your favorite out of all the trips, all the traveling? Give me one of your your all times. You know, we've definitely had a handful. I I would. Uh, I think you was up there with the, with the Turks. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Um, 
you know, just anytime you travel with your buddies and you're gambling and hanging out at night and drinking, I mean, yeah, it's, it's good. that's the best. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. There's uh, it's hard. It's hard to really understand. I think how the pockets and windows uh, change so quickly, but no, for sure. There's some, some great times. Um, what about uh, biggest, the tournament? T- tell me, I get the 18 million has to be, it's just, the, the whole feeling we did cover this on the last podcast um, you had, but what, what it was the 1.4 that was, you, you have the nickname, you got the 44 K kid four, four, right? That's why you, t- you turned 44 K. I think it was even in some of your emails at one point, kid four, four, you know, whatever. Uh, it, it, and and pe- like people call you that. Is that the, was that the one that really put you, got you going or were you, did you already have a bankroll there? I mean, I had a very small bankroll. That was the tournament where I took third, but I abused Phil Hellmuth on television on one of the first world poker tour shows and oh, this was the main event this yeah, was for a wpt title it was a wpt i took third but i busted hellmuth and i also just abused them um and that was basically what kind of started my career because i was the kid that punished phil um and then of course i you know i got pretty lucky to win the wpt in la a little while later. And that was really what kind of put me on the map. And and tell me, refresh us on that story. This 1.4 million, wasn't it some, something crazy? Like you were playing a cash game. Didn't you lose or you didn't have a lot of money and you went broke or you got my busted. net worth was about 60. I had a 60 K bankroll, I believe. Okay. Somewhere around there. And the night before the tournament started, I played this cash game and I lost over 30. So now I'm down to like 20 something. And I plunked down 10 to play in this poker tournament. So I'm in pretty bad shape. But of course, sometimes once in a while, the kid runs good. This was, this was the time to run good. So you had a hundred percent of yourself or a big piece of yourself in that? I had a, I had a big piece of myself, but when we got down to the final 27, Gus Hansen paid a pretty good premium to buy uh, 10% of me. If I remember correctly. Interesting. Wow. So right when you hit the money, I mean, it's just so crazy that the, the payouts, especially back then, the difference between like first and third. And do you remember that heads up? Like, where did you have a chip lead? How, how was I had a chip lead? And I mean, I, I think we both played pretty bad. Uh, but Vinny Vin played one hand just atrociously where he just decided to go for this kamikaze all in absurd bluff when I had pocket aces. And I actually made a pretty big mistake in standing up and early celebrating with the aces. You know, it, it could have gone wrong. This um, pre-flop. It got all in pre preflop. He, I mean, he had a monster stack and I had a monster stack, but I had him covered and I just open raised and he just shoved all in. Like if this happened today, everybody would, would lose their mind over it. Okay. That's what did how he have? King 10 or something. He had Jack four off suit. I think. He just ripped like like fifty or six, like some amount of crazy amount of blinds. Third number, I don't even, you know. Back then we didn't count big blinds. I still don't count big blinds, you know. So right. it was a pretty big number, and I I stood up and I held the aces as if it was over. Um, of course, there's still five cards to come, but he he blanked out, and I got I won the tournament. Wow! And so what what again? One point four million. Your role is on the line essentially. I mean, it's crazy. Like what? Give me a little thought. 
into your mindset because this is something we talk about clear intention. You know, you and I have done some work. We've worked on stuff, personal development courses, other different things. Um, do you believe, is there something you believe in like energy or, or focus and, and like the, when you win the one drop for 18 million, when you win this tournament and your back's against the wall? Cause let's be honest, there's a lot of times where I know I can say myself, I'm sure you too, you know, over the years I can, I can say, I know for you as well, where you go to a tournament and you're just kind of you're in there. You got stuff. There's a dinner tonight. There's something going on. You're in a, you're in a tournament. I'm late. You're late, Reggie. You're not giving your hundred, right? But like when you're in there and at your best, like what do you, what do you find? There's times in your career where you've gone in and just know you need to win or lock. It definitely in. makes a difference. I think yeah. that you really believe you can win, uh, and if you're going to get there in certain hands and whatnot. I mean, I know that statistically and mathematically, it doesn't really make a difference, but. You know, with the one drop, I mean, I really, 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 truly in my heart and soul believed I was going to win. Now, if it didn't come true, am I going to sit here and talk about how I knew I was going to win? No, of course not. It happened to be true. I think that it's a free roll to believe it. Right? There's nothing to lose. And maybe something to gain. When I got all in with Guy and with the ace king and he had the queens and the flop didn't come with a ace or a king... I swear, I was like, no big deal. I know it's coming on the turn or the river. I thought it was going to be a river deal, but solved it right on the turn, which is way better than the river. And and uh, explain again about this this one drop too, because this was something where you were not going to play or you didn't really have it on your radar. Like I believe like well, days before. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, like, days before. You were, you were I just didn't want to deal with asking people if they want to buy a piece with these big numbers, you know, it wasn't, I don't like to, I was never backed or I didn't really have stakers or anything like that. That wasn't really my deal. And I just didn't want to try and sell pieces of me for all this big number, you know, but these big numbers plus ESPN asked me the commentary and I was like, Oh, be kind of cool to commentate on the biggest tournament ever. Yeah. And then it was really one of my friends who I owe everything to, who said, hey, are you – he just sent me a text. Are you going to play the one drop because I want to buy 20%? And I said, you want to buy 20%? 200 grand? Seriously? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I will play. So I sent yeah. out a few messages. And within a few hours, I was like, oh, okay, no problem. And <laughs> that's how I basically played the tournament. And tell me 2012, like obviously now poker's different. There's solvers, there's this. It's kind of crazy. The tournament seems a bit bit different than it used to be. In 2012, though, at what point, where did you believe your this tournament's unique, right? Businessmen, value for sure, regardless, some of the best tournament players in the world. Where do you actually believe your your skill level at this period of time was? Because you know, you're different in terms of people get you know being able to read the live. You really do exude that live pro, like you have experience and all that, but where did you feel like your chances in terms of matching up with the, the best wizards, sorcerers, tournament players in the world were? How did you feel like you, you stacked I up? I was in that? pretty confident because, you know, first of all, you could always get a good table draw. I didn't know who I was going to be at a table with. My first day was the table of death. It was the worst table in the history of poker. Um, but look, at the end of the day, you're going to have to play with the wizard. So you can fear them or you can just say, you know what, let's go. And my mentality against them is that I just don't really, I don't care as much. You know what I mean? I don't know if that makes any sense. So it's kind of like you catch me on a big bluff. Great. 
more power to you. Um, I don't think that I would do well at a table full of wizards at all. I know my skills and it's hard to be a good live player or reader, however you want to call it. If you're playing with seven robotic players that literally have spent hours and hours doing the same exact thing whenever they bet and doing, taking the same amount of time and you know, you can't really get a read on those guys and they're just so good. They've broken down every single hand in every situation. Right. And there's not a lot you can do against that. So again, I just have better things to do. I am not interested in trying to be the best. I never, I never once thought I was the best player in the world and I never had any intention to try and be the best player in the world. I'm just trying to survive, PBF. Trying to survive, trying to be in a, a game where maybe you're, yeah, you, you know, you got to be able to beat the game you're playing at hand. And like you mentioned, cash games, that, that's a little easier to handcraft than, than sitting in uh, some of these, these tournaments. What interest do you have? What do we expect post-COVID tournament circuit? Are we getting you for the World Series main event? Some of the dual heads up? Like yeah. what, what type I mean, of tournament? I like, I like the Poker Go stuff, some cash games on Poker Go. I think they do an amazing job. Um, I like the heads up duel was awesome. I will definitely play the main event. You know, I'll play the you know tournaments that are easy uh, in Vegas that are a quick couple days here and there. But you know, the days of me flying overseas to go to a poker tournament <coughs> are few and far in between. But let me ask you about that though. Let's just say let's take Cyprus or let's take Playground, which you know we obviously love and been to so many times. I, I think. Playground is, I mean, it's actually maybe the first year they haven't gone. Won't go, won't go to Montreal most likely at this point. Um, what about like family vacation? Do you just not see, cause a lot of the poker stops they they can be fun or whatnot for, to go on for a bit, but it, they're not really conducive necessarily to families. But what about some events? Would you take your, take the family, go to like Bahamas for, for an event, yeah. go down there, play and, and do like a week thing and do some stuff like that. Like, is yeah. that, is that some- sure. That sounds like fun. My kids are at the age now where they're a little bit older and they would have a blast at the Bahamas, but it'd be hard to play poker when I just want to be in the pool with them all day. So, but yeah, no, I think I would do Bahamas or somewhere where they could have a great time, but I just don't want to leave them for a week to go play poker. If they can go with me and the wife is cool with it, then yeah, we would consider it. We just like our little bubble at home too. You know, we got the bikes and we're riding around town and yeah, we got our whole little setup here, so it's hard to leave. I think when you and when you start talking about with kids, it is it just the whole product. Everything is something, right? You gotta you yeah. gotta plan the food. The, the is it safe? Is this room okay? What's going on? How are you bringing who? So it, yeah, it's a bit crazy. Show me this picture. Tell me, walk me through this. I think I either took it or Dave did, but I was there. I know where that was. That was in London, right after the Olympics. Um, what's going on here? So you're on the cover of Bluff. He's holding that pretty nice, sharp. Uh, you're in a suit. He's got no. He's in his birthday suit. What what was happening here? Wow, look at how young we were. Um, this is right after I won the tournament and right after Mike had won all of his uh, his last gold medals at the last Olympics we were at. Mm-hmm. And I think we were playing poker, and we were on our way to the Maldives, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Both our magazines were kind of lingering around, and I don't know whose idea it was for this picture, but it was a pretty cool pick. And, you know, obviously I'm glad we took it. And then I just stumbled up, uh, upon this picture. I don't know when I posted this, a year ago or something? Anyway, yeah. And it never, I never posted it back in the day. I have so many amazing pictures that I never post because I just forget or I don't, I kind of, you know, I'm not great with social media. Um, I know. I wish I was a little bit better. 
I, I think you're too, you're, it's, uh, it's, you're at this point, it's maybe past your, your, um, yeah, I guess you, it's not the word. You're still really the time and effort. You, it wouldn't hurt you. It would be maybe worth it to have someone go through. You should shift your photos, ship them to someone and let them kind of come up. Cause I'm sure you got some, some amazing. 0%, someone is getting all my photos. Not all of them. Maybe you could hand yeah, cut. Like, go through and find the good ones, you know. Yeah, fair enough. I'm just saying it's uh, it is a uh, we. We're, there's a lot of good oh. memories, man. Photos are great. I think I think people sort of realize uh, after a while that it is nice to have. It's good to have memories. In the moment, it's a bit annoying to take photos, but it is nice to look back. Um, what What would you say is if you weren't doing poker what is there anything interesting that you see yourself doing in the future because you are playing less poker you know you play some some home games you play some cash now and again what about future stuff investments sports sport like anything that really you're like man i kind of want to get into or are you just sort of in a phase where you're just kind of you're just kind of taking where I mean, i'm always open to new opportunity but i don't try and be an expert in a field where i don't know anything about so i have people that are experts in these kind of things and anytime i get involved in something they're always a part of it and i check with multiple different parties and whatnot if there's any involvement for me and etc cetera, etc cetera. me on a personal level am i going to take the time to be involved in a new craft not right now because right now my time is with my kids and so that's just you know that's just the way it works it's, before you have kids your life is about what is going to make you happy what's going to create the best life for you. Once you have kids, it's no longer what's going to make me happy. It's going to, it is what's going to make my kids the happiest. And therefore, as a result, I will be the happiest because I'm happy when my kids are happy. And so it's really about creating fun for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is, uh, what is the, uh, do, do they give you a hard time at this age? If you go away for a few days or like before COVID, well, they give you a, tough time or do they understand it's work before covid i used to leave for certain trips i'd have to go to vegas or montreal or you know a few trips here and there we have a couple guys trips a year which i used to do because i believe it's important to always live your life to some degree and but i you know I, i would leave maybe an average of five six days total in a month which is which is okay since covid i've been home basically every single day and I had to go to Vegas for the duel. Mm-hmm. And boy, let me tell you, leaving was an ordeal. My kids are so attached to me. I feel so loved by them that I did not want to leave. And so now I'm dreading any time I'm going to have to leave in the future because we're so close right now. I, I so, think that's to your, to your point, though. It's important to to have some breaks or, or- just some time, you know, your, your wife, our wives, um, to have some, some time with their girlfriends or with your guy friends. Because if you just, if you always are like that, you can really get trained to the point, like you're saying, it's just like hard, almost like where if you leave for a second, it's like, you know, the end of the world or there, everything stops. So, I mean, although that's nice, it's also good to have balance and, and create that sort of space yeah. and thing. So yeah, it's uh that's an interesting point. But, um, so what, how did that work then? Did you just, you just like, cause it is, a uh, they no, were basically, there was a lot of crying and don't go dada and jumping in the car and all these things. But eventually you got to just plunk them out and drive away. Cause otherwise it's just never going to stop. And, and did, do they watch? Does, uh, does Noble understand at this point? Is he watching? Like, what does yeah. he check you on TV a bit? Yes. He watches. He loves it. I shot him. 
That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's I guess just quite at the at the age. Um, all right. Well, I do want to I want to make sure we get some time for questions because we have a lot. I think you broke you broke the Internet. Antonio, it's a pod. It's the poker flow show podcast. Antonio, the the whole thing that people are fired up. So let's so uh, I'll tell you a funny story, because, you know, I'm not great with social media, as I said. And I saw on my Twitter feed. I had all these notifications. and I'm like, what is going on? Anyway, I went and I just opened one and I answered it. Right. And then. I keep seeing all these questions and I'm like, wait a second. I'm, I'm so confused. I finally figured out that they're questions for your show. Cause I almost always answer my questions on Twitter. Yeah. And so I stopped cause I'm like, well, I don't want to ruin PBF's question segment. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see which one what which we got. One? Give me some let's juicy see. ones, PBF, not the boring. We'll get to that. We'll get to, uh, we'll get, we'll get to some good ones here. Also um, magic. When is the last, time you ever got paid for magic when was the first and last how old were you and like what what period of actual how much earn did you make in magic like what I was, was your making, uh i was doing pretty good i was making a few grand a month uh and, but i was a young kid it was great money at the time i used to work in a pretty fancy restaurant and hand out i would do magic tricks for the tables as soon as they were done eating and i would hand out my business card and i used to work in this really hot happening uh silicon valley restaurant i've been Burks, you've been there. Yeah. So those were those were pretty special times looking back. The I last thing I paid for magic was probably uh to a nineteen years ago or something. Nineteen years ago. Wow. I will say the flip for tip is the first I ever saw that was with you asking the waiter if they want to flip for their tip, which is pretty baller. Like uh if you think about it, it's not normal. Like no one's that's almost never happens, right? Like people just aren't doing that. So um I was cool. I think I forget. We've done it a few times and I think there's been the best is when it's a really big bill and you basically you have to give the waiter or waitress the option and you have to let them know what their tip is in, in advance. You can say, look, here's 20%. You can take the tip, walk away. Everybody's happy. Or if you want to go for the 40 ball, or sometimes you can even sweeten it a little bit and say 42% or zero and let them decide. And a lot of times they take it, but they all come together because they're all talking about, you know, because if the bill's big, you're at a nice restaurant, they could be a pretty big swing. So we've had epic, epic flips for tips. And there's almost no one ever, including my wife or my friends, ever rooting for me because they always want the staff to win. But listen, I make it very clear, PBF, that if they gamble and lose, they're going to get zero. And I think that a lot of people think that in that spot you should still leave a tip. And I highly disagree and I will have that stance until the day I die. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, because then if you give them like a rebate, yeah, well, what is that all about? It's like asking yeah, for you got to make them. You got to really. That's crazy. There's certain countries that that uh, that is a, a standard, but I, I think that's that is crazy. Um, I think you should make it 44 percent since your kid, you know, kid four four is your nickname. That should be like your thing. Every tip is that's either zero or forty four. That's a lot of yeah. juice. It's twenty percent almost. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty serious. Um, okay, let's uh, let's go through it. Let's dive through. We're not going to take all of them. We'll answer some. Maybe he'll come back and, and pick on the ones that uh, didn't didn't get to. How did you learn your first magic trick? That's interesting. Was it online? Did you see someone do it? Where did you actually learn your first trick? Um, the first time was I was I was sitting at a restaurant, and I'll just tell you the quick backstory. Sitting at a restaurant eating lunch with a buddy of mine and the way at the bartender says 
what's your favorite card? And he does this trick where the card that I named, the seven of hearts, he pulled it out. He went through the deck and the only card face up in the whole deck was the seven of hearts. I was flabbergasted. My mind was completely blown. And then a few weeks later, I saw this place, the magic hat had just opened up in the Bay Area where I used to live in San Jose. I went to the store. I went to the guy that worked there. I said, look, this guy did this trick. And he basically showed me and taught me. I had to buy it. And I learned how to do it. And I started doing that trick for people. And that was it. That was when I was hooked. When I saw the reaction from that, I was instantly hooked. Because I wasn't very popular in high school. So all of a sudden now, people were totally into what I was doing. You know, I wasn't good with the ladies. I was skinny. I had a big nose. So Magic gave me a little bit of confidence. It was a great opener. Terrible closer. Great opener. Interesting. Yeah, no, you're, I mean, the magic, the magic is nice to have. And, and as you're mentioning, a bartender or someone, a waiter, it's nice. It is a nice little sweetener. If you, you definitely can, can utilize that. So, all right, oh, yeah. a little bit of luck, a little bit of luck there to get on your way for magic. Um, what about, what do you think about the bracelet events online? First summer, I guess, not in the WSOP probably ever for you since you were 21. Is that true? Like first time you won't be in Vegas at all? Yeah, for, first for time event? the World Series. Um, I think that it's the right thing to do. I mean, people want to play. Why not give them a chance to play online? It's unfortunate that not everyone can play. It's unfortunate that our government doesn't allow me to play poker from home, especially when there's quarantine and COVID. I, it's just so silly. Makes zero sense. And it's just complete nonsense. The idea of being able to attach a bill to another bill to get it through without the proper fight in Congress is absurd. And that's exactly what happened when we got Black Friday. I mean, it's just so, so absurd. Makes no sense. Things that don't make any sense just really tilt me. So you won't be flying somewhere to play, though. That's safe to say for an online event. I'd have to leave my kids to go play online, get a bad beat, and fly home. I'd be miserable. COVID, no shot, no thank you. Yeah, that's that's uh, okay. Fair enough. So, um, okay, we've answered that. What do you think about? Do you believe what from what you're hearing, seeing? Do you believe that there will be uh, legalized poker? Are you in the know at all? Do you hear it talked about amongst your? If it happens, great. If not, not no. gonna. I mean, if, if, let's just say online poker flew up. It was like hot as it was back in the day. You could play from California and all the major sites. Would you play like, would you, would you mess around with it a bit or just you already do your play live and you're not that interested? Like, would that change for you at this point? I mean, I would check it out and see what's going on, but see how, see how it's running, see how the cards are spending a lot of time on it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Can you, could you trick wise, your skills, let's say how good you were one to a hundred at the time of magic. What are you now? Like, is your, has your, is it, you don't really forget or are you going to be a little rusty and like only a certain tricks, you know, you nail, but. So I think that when it came down to it, I was pretty good at my hand manipulation. Like I was pretty smooth. I would have back then. I probably would have given myself for the things that I did with cards. I would be in the nineties for sure. And now you know, it's magic is one of those things you don't really lose. If I did a cold right now, I would be in the fifties. But if you give me a few hours to warm up and practice, I could probably get myself in the lower eighties is my guess. Eighties can get it done. That's, that's not yeah. bad. Yeah. You got to still have, I, motivated, I could still crush a crowd probably is my guess, but um, what would you say your main hobby is now? 
What is your actual, like you go bike riding, do stuff like what is something you just, that's like on the top of your list for, for fun or to relax. Like when you just get a little time for you. Beach. I was never really a beach guy, but I just, now with my kids, they love the beach. I used to, the sand used to drive me nuts. It would get all over the place, but now you just, I kind of got over it. And now we're on the beach a lot, boogie boarding, sand castles, you name it. We're just messing around, having a great time. Beach time's good time. Uh, what is the price for you to stop playing poker right now? No home game, no no live, no tournament ever again. You just get paid a lump sum. You cannot play any form of poker for the rest of your life. Ever again? Yeah, you're out. Poker is – you're no longer playing poker. Are we doing a lot of things? Uh, it's a big number because besides hanging out with my kids and my family, my second favorite activity on a what used to be a semi-regular you know regular once-a-week kind of basis – is yeah. poker the banter and the fun and the jabs and the BS at a poker table? There's just nothing like it when you're playing with good friends for high stakes and you're just having a blast. Uh, so it would take it would take a lot. That would be that would be a big number. I don't want to say the number, but it's you know if you give me a number, I would I'd say over or under, but I give you one guess. And... Oh, okay. Um... I'll, I, yeah, I, I think about it for a second. A couple of people might, you got to be careful too. We had a couple of people may just snap you off. <laughs> they may just put you down uh, if they hear it and, and make the offer. So you do. Be only Perkins. He's the only one that might snap it. Yeah. I, I'd say like 25 million, but probably maybe. That feels like a good line. It's a good line. It would be so tough to turn down 25 million, but not to play poker ever again that would be heartbreaking for me the longer you think and the harder yeah, I, love poker. I love poker even when we have a five five game for the wife i mean it's just so much fun that's what i'm saying it's like one of those this is one of these very interesting questions it's almost like you'd have to have really you'd have to really get an offer that, that you knew was real to, to entertain it because it's so just kind of a tough one yeah that, i don't know man to think of you just just x'd out of all poker forever it's kind of i think it's, what i do with myself i mean it's tough. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think twenty five million. I kind of have to take it for the kids, but I, I wouldn't be thrilled about it. It's one of those yeah. things you kind of have to do, but you're not excited about. Kind of like when you wake up early to go work out. You're not excited to wake up, but you know you got to do it. Got to do it. Yeah. Maybe just become a, a very good magician again. Maybe that's what would happen. Take the take the money and you'd you'd reinvigorate that. But all right, yeah, twenty five million. Fair enough. I, I saw this this article popped up. Um, and talking about best celebrity poker players in Hollywood, um, you've, you've rubbed elbows with a lot of different celebrities and players. Um, I'm, this guy, Houston Curtis, put some stuff out. Do you, do, you, do you feel this list for the top five? Does this, does this sound about right? Like, do you, is I, haven't seen this, I haven't seen this article. So. It's on card player. I just, it looks like they mentioned James Woods, Todd Phillips, Ben Affleck, Nick Cassavetti, Rick Solomon. I played with some of these guys and know a bit about their games, but I, I don't know. Like, if I mean, is there any players that you just feel are either not on here or just you feel are very strong players that you've you've played with? Because I mean, listen, most people play poker to some degree. Celebrity athlete, whatever they play or they have played. Yeah. Well, I played with all the guys on that list, um, but there's a lot more that play in LA. Um, some are better than others, but I don't really want to sit here and name drop and do all that whole. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just curious. If you, I understand, but I the I, I just 
it's safe to say that uh, in terms of, I mean, there's a lot of guys like the name of top five, it's tricky. Cause there's, I mean, people, there's a lot of people that play and that's like, it's like you start talking tournament cash game, whatever um, it, it can be different. What is uh who, who would you say is the toughest player you ever played against? Just like tournament poker. Is anyone you just really like really Besides gave you a hard time? What's that? Besides you? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, listen, you can't, PBS sidekick. I can't, I can't let you. I don't know. They're all, all the little wizards are, are in the same category for me. They're all just, they just, they always just know what to do when they do it. So if they're, if they don't have a tan and they're under 23 and they take forever, those are the guys I don't want to play against. They're not t- okay. Fair enough. And and looking at your hand and mob, man, it's getting less and less. It really is. You look back. You were a grinder. You you were playing. You were traveling. You were you were you were pushing around the circuit, doing things. In this 2018, last 2019, one cash. You almost just ripped off the main. No big deal. Just one and done. Almost take it down. But 2020 with COVID, looks like you will be not first time not on the hand and mob. Uh, in your since you know the early days. What was that? Does that does that does that mean anything to you? Are you kind of like, wow, that's kind of crazy to think that, that you're sort of like off the scene in terms of poker or is it just what it is and it doesn't bother you at all? Like, does that, does that even, do you even think about stuff like that or you just don't I care? Just, I don't really care. It'll pop into my head from time to time, but I could honestly care less. I used to care so much about everything. And once you, once I, you know, it might be different for other people, but once I had kids and got a little bit older and more mature, I honestly do not care what I'm not here to satisfy anyone else in any way. I'm here to take care of my family, spend time with my kids, live my life to the fullest. And I don't care what other people think. Now I say that in a, not with the bad intention of, I don't care what people like, I, of course I care. I want to be kind and nice and loving and be a better net positive for mankind when I leave this place than before but as far as like oh you know he's not playing tournaments anymore or he's washed up or he can't play anymore i could care less what people think in that department absolutely what what about the best motivational book this is a question here from lena Ferraz. do you have a do you have a motivational book that inspired you motivated you thought about things differently or anything that really got you to to look take a take a take a strong look at what's going on I would say I really like the four agreements, even though it's not really a motivational book. I would, I would recommend it. I think it's pretty important to stay true to your word. I think that everything in life kind of falls into place when your word is the foundation of everything that you are. Yeah. I'd I'd, I'd say that's definitely one of the best ones as well. Um, How many, you have two WPT titles, I believe two, and how many bracelets? Four, five? What's your, what's your resume? Two and a half. Two and a half with the, what, the one drop. Do you count as one? Yeah, it's a half. It's a half. It's a big one to get though. I think you gotta you gotta count that one. Um, what is a? Uh, let's see. There's a lot. Well, um, how do you relax? I love that question because it's. I I know you. We've you've you've told me about my phone, Mochi. Being on the phone, you're a busy guy. You're connected. You're running. You're making moves. You got stuff going on. How do you actually like decompress? Do you put your phone down for hours of the day when you're with your kids? Are you fully present? Like, what are some rules and things you do to just sort of d- disconnect? So, I mean, obviously, I try my best to be fully present, but there are times when I have to check my phone for something. I'm waiting for food, or there's things going on. 
but I don't ever want to be the dad where my kids notice they're talking to me, but I'm somewhere else. I never want to be that guy. Um, but you know, I relax when, you know, sometimes they take a nap and put my feet up, hang out, get some work done. And then in the evenings, you know, maybe twice a week, my new thing is, is, uh, having an, I, I found this beer that I absolutely loved and, you know, around six, seven o'clock when the sun's kind of starting to get a little bit lower and it's not so hot, I kick up my feet, watch the kids run out and I have an IPA. That's kind of my, and I just won because two, it's like, I feel it the next day, you know? There were, there were a lot of questions about drinking. How would you su- su- describe nowadays drinking in terms of, you know, you're not going to clubs really at all. Um, but what about like getting uh, at a night? Do you have, do you have wine? Do you drink beers? Do you have a casual beer? You said like, what's your, what's your drinking? I have a casual beer here and there. I like to drink wine maybe once or twice a week. I have some, you know, I open a nice bottle of red wine with dinner or something. Um, as far as drinking alcohol and getting lit and buzzed up, it's probably four or five times a year, if that. It's not very often. Not not very often. What is the what is your favorite place in the world to travel? Question. What was your best spot you've ever been to, poker or and otherwise? Give me poker trip, and then also just. Uh, for- no. Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia is pretty special. The Bosphorus, Istanbul was pretty special. Um, big fan of uh, Montreal. Uh, it's a great city, and also a playground there is just the, the 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 poker club there is just on another level. So I would say those are probably my top three favorites. Top, top, top. I agree on all those selections. What is your best magic trick? What was the one that just never missed? What was your always closing magic? What's the be- what's the one that just seemed to wow people the most? What is there a name? It was tricks, like what? What is it like? What is it the, was that very first trick where you name a card, any card, and it's the only card face up in the deck. You remember I did it for Richard Branson at Perkins' birthday, and I almost got a free ride to uh, to uh, space as a result. You had it. You actually had a free free ride. I think I, I got. I'd have to scroll back. I forget where that is. But you don't. You're not that active on Instagram, so we could probably find it. But I remember it was. Yeah, here it is. Look at that. Now you really don't post enough. You should give a little more to the fans, Antonio. This is like. But, you know, but it goes back to I don't. I'm not here to serve anybody. I get it. I just want to live my life. So I'm sitting there looking through photos, posting. It takes time. When something cool comes up and I want to post it, I, I do it. But. Yeah, that was just the two hundred and fifty thousand couple seconds. You could have just you couldn't help yourself for a few seconds. He even literally says it. He says, "I would I was giving you a trip to space. Would you really go to space now?" I'm just want to ask you again. Your kids are now. You're getting the full value. They're older. It's like a light bulb. Does that that doesn't scare you at all? Like you would it literally does. get on the rocket ship and go. You would do right it now. Does. You would say, "It does scare me, but I would have to go." If I had an opportunity to go to space, how do I say no to that? I gotta go. Just be me, Scotty. I don't know. I feel like Richard Branson is gonna create Virgin Galactic, and it's gonna be safe, and people are gonna go. So yes, I I would go. Okay, fair enough. You would go. That's uh, that's you go with the wife. Let you go, PBF. Uh yeah, I mean, I I could go. I wouldn't go. I would not go. There, I would have to be. Not only would I not want to pay, I would. I would. I don't know what. I I can't imagine what you I would. would I don't think it's not a number, huh? You would crap your pants. I wouldn't. I don't think there's a number. I'd have to. I just. <laughs> I, 
it's just, I don't, it's like the last thing I'd want to do, but everyone's got their thing. So, um, fair enough. What was, uh, that was actually that, that trip might've been that, that Necker Island deal was maybe that might've been all time. That was up there as, as pretty special. Um, Shout out to Strauss, man. Jason was flying. We were going to get Jason on for a, for a call in uh, to the show, man. Tao, any, any words for any venues? Any Give me your favorite place to go. If you want to let loose, where do you just like, what's your spot? Vegas or Marquee, for sure. And not just because Jason is right. a good friend of mine. He owns it. It's just, it's, it's good. There's always a decent crowd. You know, I have a great relationship with everybody. It's kind of like cheers. You always want to know, go where everybody knows your name. Right. You know, I don't wanna, plus, I don't ever book tables anymore. So it's like I don't want to deal with all that nonsense. There was a time when booking tables was my whole life. They give you, they do do a, a nice banner. They recycle and change the chips for you on your birthday. <laughs> they give you at least a nice banner and a sign. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I love it. There we go. Marquee, got to give him some love. Uh, bro, talk about your dad and your mom, how supportive they were if all along your career and how they are. I mean, I, I have, you know, I know your mom very well. I know your dad extremely well. He's, he's just the legend of legends. How is, uh, how, how important and special is that to have them nearby and around in a part of your life? Cause uh, I mean, he's just been so many times. He's the one closing down the nightclub in the past when we go out. I mean, he's just the legend of legends. Give me a little something about, give me like your best memory of with your dad and your mom's and your life uh, for where they've been with you and how they've been. Well, so- I mean, first off, you just don't know how much your parents love you until you have kids. You, you'll never know. So to all the people out there that don't give their parents the love that they should, it's because they themselves probably don't have kids. And I think that you just, you know, until you have your own, you just really won't know. And so I think you should give your parents a lot of love because one day they'll be gone and you'll miss them. And you'll be sad that you didn't have that amazing relationship or that you didn't go out of your way to go hang out with them. So I just want to, get as much time with them as possible. Um, my mom lives overseas, so I don't get to see her a lot and especially since COVID, but she's booked to come here in a few weeks. So I'm kind of excited about that. And my dad, I get to see all the time. Uh, he's my, he's my bestie. He's the all time legend. He's the bro. He's just, he's incredible. And he is my heart on so many levels. Um, the, the things that he sacrificed to give us this life is, is unparalleled. And I love them. And, you know, we've had so many incredible adventures together. We've traveled everywhere together. We've gone to Istanbul. I mean, that trip is you, me, four of our buddies, and my dad. You know, how many times do we go somewhere and it's us and my dad? Yeah. So it's pretty. It's pretty he's the life of the party. It really is. He's, uh, yeah, for sure. What a legend. That's, it's, it's amazing. I, I, the point about your parents stuff too, I will say out of all my friends, and I, I'm, I'm close to my parents, but you actually, I respect that a lot and just how you go out of your way and you include them, bring them, have them around and, and involved. Cause it is, uh, there's not many people that have their parents, you know, kind of in the action with them or, or around. So that, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, that, also, it's also a matter of being a, like I was able to have my dad around. I think a lot of people would have their parents around if they could, right. but not everybody is in that situation, that fortunate situation that I happen to be in. Right. So, I, you know, 
True. No, of course. Yeah. And also it's a personality wise too. Not, a, I mean, the scene and some of the stuff we do, you got your parents have to want to be and, and ex- understand, except your dad's got a very laid back personality, very understanding, very go with the flow. You know, not all parents are going to, they're going to, they're, they're just not going to be in the scene at all times um, and, uh, and handle it. But um, yeah, no, for sure. Shout, shout out to bro, man. He is, uh, he's just always, it's just always a treat to uh, have him around. All right, let's take a few more. I know you got, there's a lot. So we're yeah. just trying to, I got to go pretty soon, PBF. We're an hour and a half in, so. Yeah, hour and 15. We can do the second. Uh, I'm outside, in the, and the sun is starting to, like, catch up to my legs. So I'm, yeah. I don't have much more room on this side. So I'm about to start cooking. You can, yeah, you can be the first triple header. Like I said, that's fine. So we'll, we'll take a few more. We'll, we'll, we'll save it. Maybe Jason will join us on the next one night. This question gets asked a lot. I got to do it just out of respect. Um, people want to ask, I already know the answer, but just to explain, people want to know what percent in the one drop you had. Can you just explain, um, first of all, why that's, I mean, obviously it's very private, you know, social security, what's your address, all this is a very private thing. People are obviously curious so much about private. I just feel like you should never really share your net worth with people. And I feel that if I shared the percentage that I had of myself, it would give some inclination of perhaps, you know, how much money I made. Well, obviously it would. And I just don't think that's really anyone's business, but my own. So I always tell people it's somewhere between one and a hundred. And if they ask my CPA or my dad or me, if one of us breaks, they can have the answer. There's a couple, there's a couple, couple possibilities for an answer out there. Okay. Fair enough. One to a hundred. That's, that's fair. Um, all right, two more, and then we're going to let you run and enjoy your your uh, your afternoon with the family. Um, what do we got? The what is your? Let's see. Wow, there's a lot of uh, some of these we can't. Some of these are a little a little crazy. Bank uh, personal and crazy. And I see you answered. You did answer a couple on here. Um, what do you want to be remembered as? In for for your poker career looking back in the in the when it's all said and done and, and down the line and you know 20 30 years 40 years or some highlights or talk about it like is there anything that you want to be what would you want to have said about you with your career the guy that made poker fun guy that made make poker fun again there and and uh do you believe, yeah do you think you are um that idea that's not bad um make poker fun again i should get that hat that is, uh, I think there's, that's been, there's been some talk about that uh, out there, but that's uh, definitely, I think you could, you could, uh, you could. Poker used to be so fun. Now it's literally like robots playing each other. It's so interesting. What, what do you think you could, what could be done? The shot clock's big, of course. They've, they've made some changes. The big blind Annie speeds things up. What, what else would you, is there anything you could see looking at it from in kind of inside and say, wow, guys, what the heck, what are we doing? Here's, I think this would help. What, what would be your I one? Mean, I think there should be an anti-staring rule. I mean, there's a time when you want to look at your opponent. I get it. But to stare at him every single opportunity you know, it just like it's just it's it's rude. It's, it's borderline rude. It's like I don't want to go to a standing contest. I want to go play poker. Right, I'm with you on that. I think there there would be. It's hard. It's a little bit hard to enforce. Or how are you gonna say? You know, how yeah, you, I get it. But just out of respect. So All right, last can get it. Last question. Other than. Well, that, what was the most memorable memorable thing to happen to you that changed your life in a positive way? What was like something that just just like 
snapped and you just like it like shifted the way you thought is there something that stands out for you that changed you legitimately to to sort of uh jolt you shift you excite you motivate you what could you name in your life that was that moment i mean there's a few that i don't really want to talk about on camera some deep deep experiences that i've had um but again burning man was pretty big for me uh, having kids is pretty big because, you know, they kind of make you want to be the best version of yourself. I think any experience that makes you want to be the best version of yourself is a good one. And I've had a lot of those. Um, okay, that's awesome. I, I do the this. Yeah, right I can't here. really get specifics on that one. Okay. Plus and this more. I, I also, I, this question from one of my lead moderators and the man Marco is talking about, um, about kids and competing sports. You're not a big sports person. You're not, you, you've gotten more into it. You're not fundamentally, I don't believe you grew up on sports or playing sports. Um, the question is about competition in sports and think about young kids competing in sports. Some say us model makes, takes out the love of the game. Are these sports, uh, his kids are interested in their own or you want them to play? Like what, how do you kind of deal with competitiveness and uh, sport? Like with kids, like what would you say is the right way to go about it or how you want Noble and Zen to be raised to be competitive and, and are just sort of have fun. Like what's your take on that? You know, kids are very competitive by nature. And I have to explain to my oldest, my five-year-old, that it's not always about winning. You know, he seems to think everything is a race and a competition. And so it's it's not easy to get him to understand that it's not. Um, but I think having competitions is fine and healthy, but there's a time and a place for it. So, you know, at this stage so far, I, I think he's on the right track. But just a little bit more of, hey, not everything is a competition. As far as sports go, look, I'm not a big sports guy. I'll let you answer that one, PBF. You're the sports wizard. Well, you've you've really turned it on. You've impressed me. You've, you've shown range in the last few we years. We got Kittle. I know that. <laughs> That's good. That was an expensive, expensive sign. All right, let's do this retweet. We're going to sign it. We're going to copy it. Uh, 109 ticket courtesy of the man right here, Magic. Antonio, you're going to gift it to someone. You tell me when. We're going we're gonna to ride off in the sunset. We're going to queue up our third one coming up in the future. And you tell me when someone's going to win this 109 ticket on your command. You tell me when. Wait, anytime I just say stop? You just do it. And somebody, it's RNG and someone's going to win or lose. This is on you. This is a gift, the 109. Someone could parlay okay. it. In the Countdown from three. Two, one, stop. Winning a 109 ticket. And with that, we are going to look at this. This is a big one. This is like, this is taking a while to load. Uh, this is a serious giveaway. Uh, $109 ticket right there. There it is. He is, uh, so I don't know how to pronounce it. Big problem says RLW. What's cracking? That's a 109 ticket. We'll send you a message. Antonio, I appreciate the time as always. Great to catch up. Say hi to Amal, Noble Zen, bro. Pasha, I didn't give it, didn't give enough brotherly love. Love Pasha. What a legend. I'm jealous he's there. And um, say hello to everyone for me. Thank you so much. And I hope we, we see you soon. Love PBF. All right. PBF sidekick. I see you on there. Thank you for that. Uh, nice thing. Don't change that. That's a good look for you. We'll see you soon. Much love. Bye. Antonio Spandiari, guys, in the books. Check him out. Instagram, Twitter. He's not a big social guru guy, but when he posts, it matters. And we'll see you guys very soon. So, again, podcast two next week. So much fun. I appreciate you guys tuning in. If your question didn't get answered, he does go ahead and – answer a lot of questions so you might actually get that we appreciate it i saw everyone here in the live chat this will be out on the this will be out on all the podcast outlets so if you want to listen to it on apple itunes or spotify uh tune in there's a few others as well that plus all the other will be there 86 podcast 
in the books. Two more to come next week at least. We'll see you guys soon. We got Twitch streaming Saturday, Sunday, big events, WPT. It is a $3 million guaranteed $3,200 knockout. We'll be in that. We got some others. We got action up on Stake Kings. And again, I thank you so much for being here and uh, really, really enjoyed it. As always, Antonio drops a lot of interesting knowledge and experiences and uh, it really is um, really storied career and, and has kind of done it all. So um, really appreciate that time from him and, and we'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to partypoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.